Hey, homegirl, welcome to the Awaken Woman podcast, the show that believes in tapping on one sister at a time to awaken out of slumber into the woman God has called her to be. I'm your host, Stephanie Noyen, and I'm glad that you're here. So without further ado, let's get into this week's episode. All right, y'all, welcome, welcome, welcome to spring. Ladies, the weather is literally saying welcome. Like, you know, it's not letting you be in a place of limbo. It's letting you know that it is spring. But the one thing that I told myself that I wouldn't do is pack up my winter clothes. I said, that's the mistake I made last spring, right? I went and I packed away all my winter clothes because I'm like, I'm doing spring cleaning and everything. And girl, the next week, I think it snowed or something. And I was just like, yeah, mm-mm, not doing that. My winter clothes will remain. I might be a little warm, but we'll just, you know, cut back on the socks, cut back on the knee length boots, you know, that kind of thing. And, you know, we're just going to take it easy until spring tells me that they're here, here. I'm not leaving. Right. <laughs> but again, I don't know if it can be trusted, especially with how the weather has been this season. Honestly, we haven't really had snow, so I'm just not sure. But Like I said, I'm just going to take it one day at a time and enjoy what it gives. You know what I'm saying? So let's get into this because it's a new episode, right? So as I was preparing for this episode, I asked the Lord, what are we talking about? Because I'm not one just to come and talk and just drop and all of that. Nah, I'm very, very mindful to ask God because I want to make sure that me and him are on the same page. Look, y'all, I get a lot of feedback from my amazing listeners about how did I put this episode together? Who did I listen to? Or whose notes did I copy? L-O freaking L. Honestly, time after time, I tell them I ask the Lord what to say and he gives it to me. Whether I'm working on another project, taking a shower, having a conversation with someone, or working out, God interferes and just downloads it in my spirit. It can be a word. It could be a song. It can be a sentence. It can be a thought. I just honestly, immediately in that moment, grab the nearest pen, paper, sticky note, my phone, and I just type away. For this episode, it was nothing different. I was spending time with God studying the word, and I heard, I do not condemn you. It was the softest and freeing statement I heard. Even just saying it again is getting me teary-eyed, honestly. I really believe the Lord desires to see us living free. Part of living free is understanding that we are not condemned. Let me share a little story with you before we dive in. So look, there was this man who was minding his business. And then came along PhD holders of all things religion and law. They came to him to see what he would say. Like, these were the boys that really knew their stuff in the area of study. And... To them, there was a law set by one of their great leaders that stated, if a woman was caught in the act of adultery or sleeping with somebody else's man in plain sight, it was on sight, period. Meaning she was deserving of being brought out publicly, humiliated, and stoned to death. These men only wanted a reason to implicate this guy, actually. So the woman just happened to be in the crossfire. But fortunately for her, and unfortunately for these big shots, the tables were about to shake a little. Instead of being quick to respond, he was drawing in the sand reasons why she should be punished. But for every one that he listed, there was another reason as to why she should be shown mercy. Despite the pressure to respond, he was intentional to process everything. So, 
instead of agreeing with the PhD holders of religion and law, he simply said, he who is without sin or has not done anything bad because you're perfect, throw a stone at her first. After saying it, he went back to the ground and wrote several more reasons why she deserved mercy. One by one, from the oldest to the youngest, they began to drop their stones and walk away because they were convicted by their conscience. So when this amazing man finally decided to stand up and saw that there was no one left but the woman, he said to her, woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, no one, Lord. And the man named Jesus said to her, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. In case you didn't catch it, this story is about Jesus and the woman caught in the act of adultery. For John chapter 8, verses 1 to 12. Like I said earlier, part of living free is understanding that we are not condemned. So let's unpack this together and kind of dive into it a little bit. You ready? Let's go. All right. So point number one is to know the truth. There's a scripture that says that the truth you know shall set you free. And that's like one scripture that has given me so much revelation as of recent because it made me realize that there's a truth that we all believe in, right? There's something that we take as truth. And because we have taken it as truth, we believe in it. And maybe that truth might not necessarily be good. It might be actually the reason behind your downfall. It might be the reason why you're not living free. And it's because it's the truth that you know. So with understanding that, it made me to understand that knowledge is power, quite all right. But revelation is powerful. When you have revelation, it arms you up differently. You look at things different, right? If the, tr- if the word of God says that the truth you know shall set you free, then it now puts you in a place to ask yourself, hey, this thing that I'm thinking about, this thing that I'm allowing to hold me bound, this thing that I've allowed to dictate my life for so long, should I? Should I not? And then the word of God tells me that the truth I know shall set me free. It's now a revelation of there's something that I might be settling for that God did not call me to settle for. So when you have revelation, it changes your approach to things as well. You realize that the thing that I've been allowing to repetitively happen, the cycles that I've allowed to happen, the places I've allowed myself to be in, I shouldn't and I don't have to. Or the lies of the enemy that I've allowed to come into my heart or into my mind shouldn't even have any legal ground within me. The woman that was caught in the act knew she was in the wrong, but she didn't know the one she was brought before. And I think that's the most powerful thing because if she truly knew who she was brought before, maybe she would have realized that, no, this guy is actually really nice. This guy has the ability to deliver me. This guy has the ability to literally set me free from this situation that I'm currently in. But it goes back that it's very possible to be present or to have truth present before us and then not know that we have it or not even have access or not even know how to access it as well. It's crazy. She was standing before the one that had the ability to set her free. He knew what he was. 
He knew what he carried, but she did not know who he was and what he carried. So it makes me to kind of ask myself, when I'm around the truth, the good truth, the truth that is going to bring light into the darkness of my life, am I able to recognize it? Part of me being able to live free is me also knowing the truth that God has for me. It's knowing what is it that the Lord has said concerning my life that I need to hold on to and not allow the enemy to have access to in bringing me down. If we understand this, it's that the truth isn't just information, but is what Jesus represents. Jesus is the embodiment of truth. We hear about Jesus in the New Testament and we're like, oh my gosh, Jesus was so dope. He was this, he did this, he did that. But from the beginning of Genesis to the end of Revelations, Jesus was mentioned in every single chapter, in every single book. But just because his name wasn't mentioned as Jesus, we often think that he just showed up on the scene in the New Testament. But that's not the truth. The truth is that Jesus is the spoken word. And if he's a spoken word, that means that he has power. That means that the truth is powerful. That means he is power. The truth isn't just information, sis but it's what Jesus represents. And it's for us to ask ourselves, do I truly know the truth? Have I truly made myself available to the truth of who Jesus is? Because if I did, I wouldn't be living bound by the shackles of the enemy. I wouldn't be living bound (laughs) in shackles emotionally or anything of that nature. The truth is important. And y'all know this podcast isn't about me just sharing worldly wisdom. Rather, it contains godly wisdom and truths by the grace of God to awaken us out of the spiritual slumber that we're in. We have to wake up. It's not enough for us just to be cute and pretty and stacking with money. You can be cute and have money, but if you don't have the word, if you don't have the truth of God within you, you are sleeping. And if you are sleeping, that means the enemy is taking advantage of you in one way or the other. So the topic of knowing the truth which is Jesus expressed through the Bible, gives us access to information that will help us to live free. God literally said that you don't have to walk through this earth without knowledge. You don't have to walk through this earth without truth. I'm giving it to you, but it's your choice on whether you will accept it or not. I want us to understand this too, that for every lie or thought process of the enemy, there are also truths in the word of God to counteract whatever we've given access to in our lives. If you've given access to lies in your life, there's a word in the Bible for that. I remember talking with my cousin about the reports the doctor gave me about my health, and I was really down about it. (laughs) But my cousin, being the faith-filled woman she is, shut down the pity party I invited her to and turned it into a faith-filled, Bible-declaring, song-chanting party. (laughs) She took me straight to the word. And she had me read the scripture and replace it with my name and also break it down in a way that showed me that the truth of how God desires to heal me, how he has healed me, and how he has finished it on the cross. I had access to the truth, but didn't have a revelation of it in that dimension. It was through God using her that I was like, wow, God, you do desire to heal me. It's not a matter of you thinking or maybe you might or I'm not really sure. No. He does. And the more I began to meditate on that word, the more I began to believe it. 
and I threw away my medication. I was like, I'm not taking this anymore. Even when I went back to the doctor and I was like, and I said, yeah, I haven't taken the medication because I believe the Lord has healed me. He literally, he laughed at me and said, you church people. And I said, it's not church people, it's a God. I know that God can heal me. And when they ran the test and it came back, it showed that the thing that they were actually monitoring had gotten better. It's not in necessarily normal range, but let me tell you something. By the time I come back, while I record another episode about this, you will hear the full testimony that the Lord has healed me completely. Or you'll see it on my Instagram or something. Because I told the doctor himself that you see my results today and this is what it looks like. Trust and believe by the next time that we run these tests, my body and every result will come back saying that it is within normal range. And you will know that God is real. Period. Now God's name is on the line. So he definitely got to come through. (laughs) You get what I'm saying? But look. Once I had access to the truth and I now had revelation, it changed everything about my approach. Y'all, I really bless God for my sister, girl. She is really it. And I love you so much, Dean. God did not call you to do life by yourself. Sometimes you need that friend that's going to tell you, I beg. We're closing up that pity party and I'm not pity partying with you. Bye. Checking out. This actually leads me to point number two. Point number two is connection. In regards to living free, the woman's freedom in this story was based on who she was connected to. A little side note, right? It's almost ridiculous as to how the woman was about to lose her whole life by herself and there was no talk of the man. No, I'm not a man basher, not at all. But according to the law of the people, it stated that both parties caught in the act of adultery were to be put to death. Where was homeboy? Was he dead already? They didn't mention that. They just mentioned that they brought her to the center and said, Jesus, this is what she has done. So they weren't even being true. This is important because it's like important for us to know that it shows the impartiality of the accusers who already were not true with their condemnation. They weren't being real. If they really wanted to be real, they would have brought both of them to the center and accused the both of them. But they were impartial. They weren't being really true. So that's something to take note of. The moment there was partiality being shown, it gave room for Jesus to rise up to her defense even more. It was like, nah, y'all really trying to take my homegirl out? Meanwhile, you ain't even bring the other guy that is equally responsible based on your law? I'll bet. (laughs) I'm really about to deliver her. I'm about to deliver her because I'm God, period. But it needs to be understood for us that what we're connected to matters. It's not possible to live free and still be connected to the things of the past. It says in Isaiah 43, 18 and 19, to forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. What we're connected to matters. Connections like lies, old memories, guilt, an ex-boyfriend or situationship. These connections often make it hard for us to truly live free. It takes renewing our mind often with the word and letting go of the past intentionally that we'll be able to live free. If you're still connected to the lies that the enemy is feeding you or the lies that you were told in a relationship or the lies you were told by someone that you really loved or if you're still holding on to the memories of what could have been or what should have been, you won't live free. You can't live free because you're dwelling. And if you're dwelling, that means you're not able to get up. 
And it's not necessarily getting up physically, but you're not getting up emotionally. You're not able to get up spiritually like you need to. It takes renewing our mind often for us to live free. How long it takes for us to be free from these things is entirely up to us. (laughs) Honestly, it's a choice that we have to be intentional about making. Though it may be uncomfortable now, I'm currently cultivating the belief of choosing discomfort now to enjoy later. Simple. If I continue to say that I think it might take me six months to heal or a year or I need it. Um, we're not even giving God the room to do what he wants to do. Let's be honest. We have to understand that we need to let go and cultivate this idea of choosing discomfort now. Choosing to process the pain, choosing to actually let go of the pain so that I can press in and live free, live in the life that God has actually called me to live in. Another part of connection is who we're connected to matters. The woman who got caught in adultery had two visible connections, her accusers and Jesus. Depending on how these two stated their cases, it would determine the course of her life ending or continuing. Fortunately for her, she had a really good and honest lawyer who could help her out. Shout out to Jesus because what? Some of these lawyers be playing, but she had a really good one. Like, lawyer Jesus was in the courtroom that day. (laughs) But look, it's so important that we understand who we're connected to. She She wasn't just physically set free from death, but was also set free from spiritual death and from the shackles of shame. Jesus told her that her accusers do not accuse her, and neither does he. And then he instructed her to go and sin no more. Our connection to Jesus carries the ability to deliver us and set us free, just like that woman. So important to understand that who we're connected to matters. But aside from just who we're connected to matters, is who can we be connected to? Because you're probably like, okay, you told me not to be connected to my ex. You told me not to be connected to that friend. You told me not to do this. You told me not to do that. All these bad connections to let go of my past, to, 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 that, to, that, to that. I'm telling you, I'm, okay. And you're probably like, okay, so then Steph, who can I be connected to for real? Jesus, what, what else did you think I was going to say? <laughs> but trust me, I'm not just going to be some Jesus fanatic. I mean, which I am. I love Jesus. No, Jesus, 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 Jesus. <laughs> But is that Jesus through the word and relationship with him is one that we can be connected to. Of course, there are benefits by being connected to Jesus. So why not? (laughs) But who else can we be connected to? Our spiritual leaders, whether they're our pastors, apostles, prophets, whoever it is that the Lord has allowed you to be under, sis, being connected to them matters. Mentors are good. Good friends are the ones. These are people that see us beyond our mistakes. And because they see us beyond our mistakes, these are the people that speak life over our lives when the lies of the enemy want to run free in our lives. Like the lie will just come and be saying, I'm doing a hundred meter dash. I'm running, I'm running, I'm running. And then another one says, I have a soccer ball. I have a soccer ball. I'm going for a goal. I'm going for a goal. I'm going for a goal. What? You need somebody that will come and say, shut up, (laughs) sit down. Like what? What is this thought? Where'd you come from? And because you have a good friend, a good accountability partner that's not going to babysit your feelings, they'll be like, um, no, let's kick this out. Let's do away with it. That's what your spiritual leaders will do, too. Your mentors. Look, who can we be connected to? Are some amazing, bomb people. 
These are the ones that will remind us of the word of God. These are the ones that will shut down our pity parties and say, look, we're closing up, not having it, no drinks, no yogurt, no ice cream, no nothing. And stir you to rise up off the ground where your accusers left you. There is no idle thought. There is no negative word that anybody will say to you that will ever make you feel like I can move around and I'm smiling and I'm good. No, oftentimes when we hear negative things, it puts us in a place of feeling down and sad, especially when we haven't gotten to a place of maturity to be able to handle them. It brings us down and it leaves us on the ground like the woman who was caught in the act of adultery. This is why who we're connected to matters. Evaluate your circle, sis. Evaluate who you're around. Not everybody needs to be your friend. You don't need 5,000 friends. Mm. A conversation for another day. Add that to my list. (laughs) Don't worry. It's coming. But who and what you're connected to in essence, it matters. Point number three. You are not condemned. Sis, to live free, you have to understand that you are not condemned. Jesus said to the woman that was caught in the act of adultery, Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And the man named Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. So get up. (laughs) But he didn't say get up like that. But, you know, he gave instructions, you know. And you're probably like, Steph, I'm not like her. People are talking about me. I'm in their group Texas. They have evidence. They posted me on Twitter. They're talking about me as I walk past. Like, they are really out for me. And maybe for you, everyone is condemning you. Or people are side-eyeing you in public. Or you feel like everyone is talking about you. Or maybe some of them are that bold to approach you. Truth is, just because the people dropped their stones because of their conviction and did not stone her, it didn't mean that they stopped thinking about her as the adulterous woman. She just had an opportunity by the mercies of God to be delivered. But it did not guarantee that people would stop talking. I think the most powerful thing anyone can do is to lose control. Lose control, not lose control and go crazy now. Like, no, I'm not saying that. (laughs) But let go of the idea of controlling what people think, say, or believe about you. The truth is you can't control them. And their information is based on one, what they believe about you, and two, what they have deemed within themselves to be true about you based on what they know and think, which oftentimes is also a reflection of themselves because if you can just think bad about people, like... You need to work on yourself. You have issues. You're the one with issues. You even have time to even take me and put me at the door of your heart and your mind to occupy some space there. Wow, I actually appreciate that, you know? Wait, let me live rent-free in your head. Like, what? why not? <laughs> it's an honor, actually. Put me on your mind, please. <laughs> Keep me there. But I need you to understand, the woman that got caught in the act of adultery, that God said to go and sin no more, could have left the scene and never went back to her old lifestyle. She probably decided to really change. But someone out there who was bent on bringing her down and not believing her change could say, yeah, that's the lady that sleeps with married men. But I need you to understand that if she intentionally repented and changed her ways, what they are saying about her is not really her. It's a belief that the individual saying it holds of that woman that does not match her reality. So then... At this point, what is she really fighting for? Back up. What are you really fighting for? (laughs) 
To point number one, it's important to know the truth and what God thinks about you. And point number two, to know who you are connected to. If God doesn't condemn you, why should Lisa's insignificant thought of you make you feel condemned? It makes no sense. This point was so heavy to me because I remember when I returned back on social media and began to post again. And I was really about to sneak this on people through a comment with these like, you know, these little pictures and stuff like that. So when they swipe through my pictures, they see a little post that has words on it or whatever. And then they'll know that I'm talking about them. Yep. Kind of like if you're on Twitter, a subsuite type of thing. But before I posted it, I asked my friends, what do you think? And <laughs> being the good friends that they are, they asked me, why did I feel the need to do that? My honest answer was for the people judging me and making comments about me to be checked. How freaking immature of me. Very immature. <laughs> I didn't fully understand what it meant at the time for the Lord to fight my battles and I would just hold my peace. I did not yet receive the truth in my heart that I was not condemned. Honestly, if I understood that I wasn't condemned, I wouldn't feel the need to fight. If I understood that I was connected to God and I'm on the winning side and that I'm seated in heaven, so I laugh, ha 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 ha. <laughs> Why would I be worried about what anybody else has to think? Why would I be worried about what somebody has to say? It shouldn't matter. I shouldn't be holding on to what they think. But I was because I had not allowed the truth that I was not condemned to really have a place in my heart. Because y'all, I was ready to throw some digital hands. Woo! Let's just thank God for mercy and good friends. But I need you to understand that you are not condemned, sis. You are free. Point number four, follow instructions. After Jesus released her from the judgment that was due to her, he gave her an instruction to go and sin no more. This was a place where she had to decide for herself. He didn't hold her bound and say, I know you have a track record of doing such and such. He didn't say she was going to become an evangelist and do the work with him. He simply instructed her to stop doing what she was doing so that she could live free. Jesus' interference literally gave her a chance to live free. Whether she chose to follow the instructions, we don't know but she was given a second chance. Just like that woman, God gives us instructions every day that are not necessarily done so to keep us restricted, but to offer us a chance at the full life he has for us. He may have called you out of a relationship that wasn't ordained by him. He may be calling you to walk away from that job into something better. He may be calling you to become more open and transparent or vulnerable with certain people. He may be calling you to walk in faith and believe him for a new place to live. He may be calling you to let go of friendships that will take you back to a place he delivered you from. He may be calling you to walk on water. I don't know what or where an amazing woman like yourself, God may be calling you to. But one thing I know for sure is that we cannot expect him to give us the next instruction if we haven't done the first one. It's very true, sis. It's very true. One of the last things that Jesus said after he told the woman to go and sin no more was that he said that I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. It's impossible to walk with God. It's impossible to walk and follow his ways and still be in darkness because he's the light of life. And if he's the light of life, that means he intends for us to live free. He intends for us to live a life that is abundant. He intends for us to actually have him and know him.
and walk in freedom. Living a life of condemnation or guilt from your past will never allow you to live freely. It will never allow you to even receive the blessings the Lord desires to give you. Jesus came to give you an abundant life. A life that will cause people to ask you how you did it. How did you become so joyful? How did you let go of the opinions of man? Because he's that good, he intends for our response to be to people that Jesus didn't condemn me, so I started living free. You already know what time it is. If you're hearing this message, you listen to my new episode all the way to the end. And for that, I just want you to know that I appreciate you letting me be a part of your day. God desires for you and I to live free, which means that if I'm living in condemnation or guilt, then I'm living below what God has for me. And that's just not it. We can't be out here screaming, I love Jesus and I'm a soft life babe, but I'm bound in chains by condemnation. (laughs) The devil is a liar, a big liar, but we already knew that. So we're cutting ties and living free, period. If you enjoyed this new episode, do me a favor and share it with both your friends individually and on your social media platforms. This year is not just about us, but the ones around us. We're tapping on our sisters this year and holding their hand and adding value to them. If you're on the gram, aka Instagram, please share and tag me at The Awakened Woman and at Nanyela Hain. But look, your loud support has been everything to me. This year, let's go hard and reach more sisters globally together. Honestly, I am super, super grateful for every one of you that have been supporting me in this journey. Next month, we turn one to the glory of God. (laughs) And I'm honestly super, super grateful that God has given me the grace to be consistent. He's given me the grace to show up, to show up on days when I honestly didn't even know how to show up for myself. Um, But you ladies have been driving me. Your support has been driving me. Um, A lot of you have been supporting me, not just by posting, but also subscribing. And your subscriptions have been really, like, they've been really, really, and they're adding up financially. And it encourages me. And it's not about the money or anything like that. But to see that people value whatever I'm putting out and desire to support financially by subscribing, it really means a lot. So for those of you who are subscribing, thank you so, 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 so much. And if you feel led to subscribe, please go ahead and subscribe um, and be a part of what God is doing on this platform. I think you can subscribe through anchor.com. But yes, I'm super, super appreciative of you all. And we're going harder. Once we hit one, oh, we're going to go harder and harder and harder. We need to have seminars. We need to have conferences. We need to do some things. Where we can meet up in person and actually tap on one sister at a time to awaken out of slumber into the woman that God has called her, you, me to be. Always remember that Jesus loves you so much that above all else, he woke you up to experience life and that more abundantly. You're so loved. And until next time, peace, love, and blessings. Stay awake in Christ, my awakened babes.